1: You're listening to Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Jonathan Von Tobel here on Sports Betters Paradise. Hey, well done. Well played, baby. Well played. 3-0 week. Uh, Indy cashes uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver cashes. What a a riveting game that was uh, on uh, Sunday night. And then the teaser, which was pretty comfortable. Uh, Atlanta going back and forth on who was going to win and cover, uh, but uh, always covering the teaser. And Green Bay uh, kind of played stall ball a little bit uh, with the struggling offense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Three and zero on the week, five and four on the season. Collectively here on Better's Paradise, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, Aaron Renning, Wes Reynolds, and Randy McKay, a uh, pretty good twenty-two and 59 percent
0: for the gear. Uh, nice week, Jay yeah you know it's it was nice I uh, had a perfect week in the contest too to get back into the thick of things over at the Westgate Super Contest so uh, you'll feel good about a good weekend uh, but it's football so uh, I'm sure there's going to be some ebbs and flows and um, that's what it's all about the larger sample size so hopefully we can kind of string these together as we move forward that's the ultimate goal throughout a, a very raucous NFL season you know
1: we're three weeks in now um, takeaways uh, from Uh, The early portions uh, of it. You know, the Raiders are Mm -hmm. are winless, and Derek Carr doesn't look himself. I mean, the Russell Wilson thing is painful uh, to watch uh, up in Denver. The Dolphins and Eagles or number one, uh, you know, undefeated in their respective
0: conferences. So I think first off, I'll focus on the Raiders because for consecutive weeks, have gone against the Raiders uh, after betting on them in that first week against the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and I think what has been pretty interesting is the markets love for the Raiders through these first early portions of the season, despite especially the last two weeks, uh, no real returns. Right, they close as a road favorite against the Titans. They lose that game outright. Don't come close to covering that number. Uh, the number against the Arizona Cardinals got to as high as five and a half. One spot, pop six. Uh, And of course, uh, they don't uh, win that game and they lose out right after blowing a 20 to nothing lead. It has been surprising to see how much that Raiders team has struggled, specifically on offense. Uh, The connection to Devontae Adams has not been there, his reception rate's pretty low. For the most part, when Derek Carr targets him, it was way higher when he was, of course, getting the ball thrown to him by Aaron Rodgers. And their red zone offense has very much struggled. We saw that pop up again against Tennessee Titans, especially down the stretch where he hits Darren Waller, Derek Carr does in the hands, bounces out of his hands, it's intercepted, essentially puts the nail in the coffin for him. Uh, It's been very surprising to see that Raiders team struggle the way that it has, but yet get market support consistently. So I think I start to see that the market maybe will start to turn on the Las Vegas Raiders here. and Maybe there's going to be a buy low point. Uh, for them coming up in the next week or so. And you mentioned some of the other teams. Like, look, Philadelphia, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL when the season began. They are taking advantage of that. But the thing is, Jimmy, they are taking advantage of it in a big way, right? They're not barely scraping by like the Giants did in their first two games. They're blowing these teams out, and they're taking care of business in a really incredible fashion. I do think one angle to watch with Philly – this is now the second week in which they were shut out of the end zone in the second half, I believe. Uh, their second half offense has been a little inconsistent, we'll call it. Maybe an angle worth looking as you kind of go further into the season in terms of playing against Philly in the second half of some of these games because it's not been the same as the opening half here, but they have been looking really good, and Hurts has been incredible as a passer.
1: Interesting, and, uh, and no doubt. And and that was a spot maybe with a little value at Washington at home, and it was yep. no contest. I mean, a, a, a sleeper uh in, in that one. All right. Uh, let's get to the uh, to to your picks uh, this week. And uh, we're going to go to uh, Sunday night and the Sunday night game between Chiefs and the Buccaneers. This is a rematch of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago um, um, where the uh, the Tampa Bay gets the win. Of course, all all the touchdowns were scored by guys that uh, Tom Brady soda picked up off the street uh, in the offseason yeah. basically for free. Uh, with Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, and Leonard Fournette, Chiefs a uh, tough luck loser. Uh, but they suffer without their place kicker. That was actually a big part of that game last week, and it altered their approach offensively. Chiefs are two and a half at Tampa Bay and forty-five.
0: Yeah, this is actually uh, this is my you know highest we'll call it uh, confidence play of the week. Uh, I like Tampa Bay a lot in this spot. I think the market look the Buccaneers from a cover standpoint through these first early parts of the season. Not look really good. They take care of business against the Dallas Cowboys in Week One, uh, but doing it on the back of a lot of field goals and not really taking advantage of a lot of those um, short field opportunities that the Cowboys gave them. And then the weeks after that, you're failing to cover, looking really disjointed in a lot of those games, uh, it's failing to cover, I should say, against Green Bay. Took care of business against New Orleans, but the offenses look really, really poor and very disjointed. But you mentioned the key portion of this, which is the injuries. If you read some of the reports a lot of these injuries are starting to mend themselves Mike Evans is going to be back after serving a one-game suspension I think that the market has kind of uh, overreacted to this really slow start for the Buccaneers. If you look at some of the advanced numbers for Tom Brady, still grading out as an extremely good passer so far by PFF standards, it's just that the weapons around him have been very inconsistent in terms of their availability. And now you get to take on Kansas City, who I think we kind of saw it, right? Yes, it does if, if you don't get an uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, essentially, on that final drive for the Colts, you end up winning that game and taking care of business against Indianapolis, sure. But this is a team that also has looked a little bit more disjointed than initially thought on offense. That first week against the Cardinals, a beneficiary of a really poor game plan. The Cardinals blitzed Patrick Holmes over 50% of his dropbacks. He loves it when teams blitz him, and sure enough, he threw five touchdowns in that game against the Blitz. But his turnover-worthy play rate is still relatively high, and this offense itself has yet to find some real consistency. Go to that Thursday game against the Chargers, in which ultimately the difference was a defensive touchdown, as opposed to what the Chiefs were doing in that game, and Mahomes again getting lucky in terms of the turnover-worthy play luck. So I think when we come back to this, And home field, again, is not really worth that much. But if you're talking about like two and a half on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have looked a little disjointed offensively but are starting to get healthy and defensively, Jimmy, have been great. Like their level of play on defense, they have a baseline where they're a top 10 defense across the board. I think this is one where I'm going to buy low here on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously a candidate to tease them up if you want to use them there, but I took them on the spread, and I think the Bucs are in a very good spot here to win this game outright against the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Certainly, with the defense where they're playing, it is attempting to tease over the hot numbers yep. of three and seven on a teaser as well. Uh, it was not the best approach or the most fortunate approach early on uh, in the NFL, but this past week it was pretty much uh, uh, rock solid. So Tampa Bay uh, plus the two and a half. So prime time JVT. I mean, he goes three and zero, and now he's all over prime <laughs> time Thursday night prime time in the Cincinnati Bengals uh, at home at Bet Rivers three and a half and 47 against the 3-0 and Miami Dolphins.
0: Yeah, so there's a couple of things that are going into this uh, for me, first of which is, uh, when you're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, they they finally kind of break out right against the New York Jets. Joe Burrow arguably has his best day as a passer. Things start to look a little bit better for him. 63.9 percent completion on 36 attempts and 39 dropbacks. Those three uh, through those three touchdowns does commit a couple of turnover worthy plays. I think that's a little worrisome for Burrow. But for the most part, looked a lot better offensively, and this offense looked way better himself when you look at the way that they were able to operate. And I think when you look at the Miami Dolphins defensively, and this is where the intrigue comes in, Josh Allen was all over the place in that game. And in that contest by PFF metrics, he actually committed six turnover-worthy plays. He looked like, you know, what we expect from Josh Allen from time to time, right? There's really highs, really high highs and really low lows. Uh, for Allen as a quarterback and those popped up but still at the end of the day you're talking about 42 of 63 on 73 dropbacks 400 yards two touchdowns and ultimately Dolphins not able to take advantage of the turnover where he plays that he gives him or that he gives them I think Burrow and, and the Bengals are in this spot now where they are a little bit more comfortable. And the market is starting to find it that, look, they were bet up against the New York Jets. There's numbers going up against them here, too, against the Miami Dolphins. There are some injury issues that you want to keep up with uh, with um, the Dolphins overall. And we know what's what going on with that NFLPA probe into his uh, injury, right? We saw that scary moment with him in this Dolphins game. But I think for me, when I've watched Miami defensively, they are one of those can't, like quality bend-but-don't-break type defenses But the offenses they have faced up to this point, like the the Patriots didn't really do that much, but the Ravens did a lot against them, and there were opportunities there for the Bills. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be able to take advantage of that. So if we're talking that three-and-a-half-point mark, the market's moving up to four, especially the three-and-a-half mark that's out there at Bet Rivers, I think that is a spot to come in and support the Cincinnati Bengals. I got them on the contest this last weekend. I'm going to ride the train one more time and see if I can get one more thing out of this Bengals team that's been a little undervalued.
1: Yeah, we would have been really uh, concerned if uh, Joe Burrow uh, wouldn't have uh, made, made a step in the right direction with the Jets. He's going to be okay. I just think he had a false sense of security with that retooled uh, offensive line, and they just have not had a great start uh, to this season. We know about the amount of sacks, but uh, and, and the appendectomy uh, as yep. well, uh, keeping him out. Uh, and he is a notorious uh, preparer, I mean, so to – have him uh, kind of sidelined in his preparation is a big deal as well. So Cincinnati uh, minus the three-and-a-half at to home on Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. Last one here, uh, shades of the Superdome, Green Bay, New England. That's right, Bill Parcells took his New England Patriots and drew Bledsoe to play on. Brett Favre's only Super Bowl championship, the Packers. Well, the names and faces have changed a lot, but, boy, at what point does Bill Belichick – I mean, I mean it's it is it has been ugly uh, since uh, he has lost uh, uh, lost Tom Brady. This is a big number. Now, keep in mind, this line opened up at six six and a half when everybody thought Mac Jones was going to play. Then at Bet Rivers, it uh, went and opened up at nine and a half. It's at ten and a half right now at Bet Rivers. Ten and a half and forty. Hoyer will be the start for the Patriots. JVT, you're not uh, no mercy from you looking to step on the throat when the team is down, laying a big number with the Packers here.
0: Yeah, and I feel so. I went back to, again, it was a contest play, but uh, Green Bay, I used them at minus 10 against the Chicago Bears in that Sunday night game. And and part of the thinking, Jimmy, was you're, you're starting to see, and that game was the first of it, we're starting to see this shift here for Green Bay in the way that they are operating offensively and just overall. Uh, their running backs, Aaron Jones, A.G. Dillon, they are getting more of the offensive load here because of the uh, wide receiver injury said that they have undergone, right? Sammy Watkins on injury uh, on injured reserve. Cobb has been banged up. And you got some young guys that you don't really know uh, what to take, uh, take with them. But, uh, say, Romeo Dubs, uh, coming out of Nevada, by the way, uh, looked pretty good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he looks like he's going to have a bigger role. But I think Green Bay has started to find that its identity this year is going to be more use our best weapons, which is our running backs, use them in more two running back sets, and rely on a defense which should be among one of the better ones in the NFL. And you've seen each of the last two games – that defense has really thrived. Uh, they, As you said, right, they kind of suffocated Tampa Bay in that game, kind of put them down on the floor and then sat on them for the entire contest. We saw what they did to Chicago other than that penultimate drive for the Bears in which they ran the ball extremely well. I think this Green Bay team... Is starting to shift into this mode, and when you talk about a New England team that, where if you look at a lot of the metrics and numbers behind uh, New England, Mac Jones in that offense has not looked very good. It's been very disjointed. Uh, he was one of the lower graded quarterbacks in the NFL before he gets injured. Now you get Brian Hoyer, who is a very timid passer at most, who's going to be again a lot of this dink and dunk stuff and throwing up a one on one coverage and hoping that you can get some completions there. I I don't really buy into this New England offense as a whole. We have seen it now through the first few weeks. They did nothing against the Miami Dolphins. They did next to nothing against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but benefited on some short drives there. I, I think that you should be really worried about New England. So again, if we're talking about this game plan for Green Bay, which is to come in, work on its running attack, Get there the ball out quick to some of those guys as well and rely on some young passers while defensively really holding a team down and benefiting from strong field position. I think the Packers can do that again here. So if we're talking about that flat 10, the same number that they were laying against Chicago, I'm willing to go in there. Now, I will say, I think I am buying high on the market here, obviously, with this number going up from where it was once we got the Hoyer news to where it's at now. Uh, But I do think that as a guy who bet under New England on their win total, as somebody who believed that this team came in undervalued when the season began, uh, I think that this is where it should be for this Green Bay team. So I expect them to kind of do what they did against Chicago, against uh, Tampa Bay, and be able to come out here. So I'm going to take one more shot with the Green Bay Packers. I've supported them in some some form or fashion each of the last couple of weeks. I'm going to do it one more time here against the New England Patriots. And Mac Jones may be that
1: quarterback that with yeah. so surrounded with weapons, distribute the ball type of man- game manager. But when he's got to carry a team on by himself, I just don't know uh, if he's that guy. And uh, boy, it's uh, I guess JVT also people aren't aren't hesitating anymore to uh, bet against Bill Belichick.
0: No, I don't think so, and I don't know if it's like really anti-Belichick. It's just what they've done with this roster and this team. It's just not very good, right? Like if you look at the, for example, one of the big reasons why I bet against them from a win total standpoint uh, was their cornerback room. Their cornerback room was kind of a mess coming into the season. At one point, Jimmy, they got so desperate that they brought in Malcolm Butler, right? Who out of retirement to come play corner for them. And ultimately he got hurt and it didn't really go well for him. uh, And he had to end his season. But this the secondary is not very good. Look at what Lamar Jackson did to them over the weekend. Jackson, only 218 yards but four touchdowns on 29 attempts a pff passing grade of 74.5 didn't commit only committed one turnover worthy play and he did it with an average depth of target of 10.4 yards downfield this is a soft secondary that aaron Rodgers should be able to have success against as well so for me it's not just what's going on with the offense it's this team as a whole and back to your original point which is i don't know if it's belichick or if it's just the fact that like, maybe the arrogance, to a certain extent, has kind of gotten to him, and he's looked around and well, I can make this work with these kind of guys. And ultimately, that's just not the case anymore when you don't have a quarterback who adds wins at the margins like a guy like Tom Brady does. Been, been a long time coming,
1: uh, because for years, yep. uh, they would just let all, uh, minus Brady, let, let them all walk. Um, uh, and really wouldn't draft. I mean, they're just stockpiling draft choices. for, And they just kept Brady forever. Minus the one year that were unbelievable with Moss and, and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, just kind of a, an arrogance. No question, uh, it's an arrogance, uh, and he certainly uh, has his say. So, uh, in roster development as well, forty. You talk about the Packers' approach on running. I know it's not one of your picks, but um, with their approach to running, with maybe New England, maybe have uh, being offensively challenged here. Uh, a,
0: a, a thought on the under. I, I think that would be the way to go. I mean, this Green Bay team, I think each every, one of these games, it might be 3-1 and one or 4-0 oh to the under at this point of the season – uh, again, kind of going back to their shift in mentality. That, you know, that, that I think it'll be a better offensive game for the Green Bay Packers because New England is nowhere near uh, the level of Tampa Bay. But I think it would play out as a similar pace as what we just watched over the weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where it's not going to be overly explosive. It is just going to be really methodical, and it's going to be able to sit on your opponent. You're going to hold them to a really low total yourself, and then you're going to be able to eke out a victory in any sh- way, shape, or form. But it'll be a better offensive day, I would think, for the Green Bay Packers. So a similar version, I think, of what we saw on Sunday. Absolutely.
1: All right, you got Tampa Bay plus two and a half, Cincinnati minus three and a half, Green Bay minus ten and a half. Those numbers available uh, at the time that we broadcast this uh, on a Tuesday. You mentioned Tampa Bay plus eight and a half on a teaser. Uh, a thought on maybe a
0: team to hook it up with? I think if you're going, so there's a couple of options there. I think the first of which would be Atlanta, especially because we're getting up to like two. Uh, I so they think the Bet Rivers number is currently two. It might be one and a half. I have a check for a minute. Um, But regardless, like that's a leg I think that you want to include if that might be the case. You know, I've talked about Atlanta, used them in the contest, talked about it last week. The Falcons are a much better offensive team than the market's giving them credit for. They are undefeated against the spread up to this point too, showing a little bit more of of an undervalued presence. Now, the market is catching up to it, right? I think if you were to set this line four weeks ago, uh, this is not just one and a half in favor of Cleveland. It's a little bit higher, probably in the range of three. But I think, again, when you're teasing that thing up through two key numbers for an Atlanta team that has shown some real gumption on offense, I think that's one of the legs you might want to include. And I was tempted by Arizona on the road against Carolina because I don't believe in this Panthers team offensively. They have looked absolutely terrible uh, so far outside of this last week. Uh, But the Arizona secondary has been so bad that ultimately it scared me off. But you can get that up through two key numbers as well. Atlanta is uh, plus one and a
1: half, so you can tease it up to seven and a half. uh, is, uh, is is playing well. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes you can have a, 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 a messed up place, you know, the path to get there. But um, he is more committed to throwing the ball in the pocket and hanging in the pocket and making his progressions as opposed to a, a one look and run type of guy. Because, I mean, look at the offense he ran coming out of college. He was a running quarterback uh, at, at Oregon. So, um, and Drake London looks like he's going to be fine. As a rookie, I was questionable about that pick, you know, with such a deep receiving class to kind of have the guy that was closest to your previous number one pick as far as uh, Kyle Pitts and Pitts is a freak, you know, and they could put him all over the place. So, um, no, respectable ball, respectable ball. And they needed a win to kind of get a little positive reinforcement to keep them going. You keep banging your head against the wall and you don't get any type of wins in, you know eventually. But, no,
0: I think they've been as, as great of a value team as they've been in and the it,
1: NFL three weeks in.
0: And, Jimmy, it also it speaks to paying attention to like offseason moves but like the past of these guys. So the, the why I bring that up is, and I think I brought this up to you last week, remember that Marcus Mariota was on the Titans with Arthur Smith when he was on that offensive staff. There is a continuity there and so the transition to bringing in Marcus Mariota as your quarterback is a little bit it's a little seamless right like he come he fits right in he knows the vast majority of the scheme from his time at Tennessee so there's not those growing pains or that really weird spot where it's a new quarterback learning a whole new deal he understands what this system is supposed to be he had some success in it a couple of years back when he was with the Titans and you've seen that pay off very early so I think that's always important like when you're evaluating these teams in the offseason keep those things in mind and look in the past to some of these guys because there are connections and sometimes those connections pay off and it seems to have paid off so far for Atlanta very early it's it's a theme uh, in football uh
1: especially at the college level uh this year yeah guys like Michael Penix reuniting with his guy and you know um, JT Daniels are re- reuniting with his offensive coordinator Graham Harrell I mean we go on and on Dylan Gabriel uh, in D- Oklahoma Dylan Gabriel right? yep. yeah Dylan Gabriel with uh with uh, Eddie, uh, over there but one that did not work was the reuniting of <laughs> Carson Wentz and Frank Wright. <laughs> yeah. So that did not quite work so well. Great job. Let's keep it up, JVT. Three and O oh last week. Five and four on the season. Listen, our NFL guys are uh, seven games over five hundred. Seven games over five hundred at fifty nine percent. Tampa Bay plus two and a half, Cincinnati minus three and a half, and Green Bay minus ten and a half. Sports better's Paradise. I'm Jimmy Ott for Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll see you next week.